pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. All right, Brad, we're back on the death lineup. We were last we, we last recorded after the game six championship winning uh, finals game that the Warriors beat the Celtics. And we're back on kind of like the grind. And we've never done a grind podcast because we started during the playoffs doing these live streams. So I don't know. I felt I was like, man, doing research. Watching the draft for maybe for the first time in years and years and years, all for the pod. Uh, you, we were watching the first round of the draft, and I guess we should talk about the Warriors pick first, and then we'll kind of go backwards and, and we'll talk a little bit about because I know you followed this draft pretty closely. I know you guys had your picks on, uh, you guys posted your picks on Instagram earlier today, but uh, overall. Patrick Baldwin Jr. Warriors draft him at number 28. He's from Milwaukee. He was a former, uh, I guess he was the top uh, high school kid. And then he didn't have the greatest senior year. And that kind of messed with his, uh, with his college. And also the pandemic happened. And I know he had an ankle injury. So, Things were looking good for Patrick Baldwin Jr. People were thinking like he's going to be a high draft pick when he's ready. Things didn't happen correctly. And because of that, uh, he falls and, and the Warriors get him at 28. Uh, where did you have him? I, I know you you guys only uh, did your your draft on, on the, the lottery stuff, but I'm sure you saw his name in, in some of this stuff. What, what, what did you think about this pick? Yeah, we knew who he was. Um not much about him. I think Obi in our podcast had him as one of the biggest fallers or sleepers. I, I don't know which one it was, but yeah, this kid, I just, he was a consensus top 10 prospect uh, recruit in the country and the number one recruit in the 2021 class. I don't know what year in high school he was when he was that number one recruit. I want to um, say it was his junior year, I think. That, yeah, probably. And then, like you said, the senior year kind of fell off, but yeah. I'm just very much hoping that he's more of a, and this is going to sound weird right before I give context, but more of a Michael Porter Jr. than a Nico Mannion. Both Michael Porter Jr. and Nico Mannion were top 
recruits top prospects of their respective draft classes. Obviously, Michael Porter Jr., ankle, I mean, not ankle, but injury, doesn't get to play much his freshman year. I don't even think they make the tournament, or they do, and he barely plays. And then he kind of falls to the Nuggets in that loaded draft class, the DeAndre in one. Nico Mannion, on the other hand, I think he was a six to a seven uh, top prospect of his class. He goes to the U of A. He comes out his freshman year. Warriors take him in the second round. We all know the story. He's in Italy now trying to make his way back to the NBA. It doesn't look too good for him. So Patrick Baldwin, I'm just hoping, is like more on the Michael Porter Jr. side than he is the Nico Mannion side, a former top uh, high school prospect, top one high school prospect that you know chooses to go and play under his father at, at a school that misses the tournament, he gets the injury. His father then gets fired. Yes, after the bad season. So I, I, you know, maybe he does go back and play a second year to try to up his draft stock. But his dad gets canned. So why would he go back and play for that team? Yeah, the whole thing is interesting. So just uh, on his, you know, uh, on on his size and such, he's uh, he he's six nine or six ten, depending on what uh, what numbers you're looking at. He did not shoot well. Uh, he, I think he only shot 26% from three in college and just ultimately had an, you know, not, not, not what they expected out of him, but it's also a, a weird school for him to go to. I, I do think that if he doesn't have the, the bad senior year that he does, it's quite possible that he would have went to a bigger school with the ankle injury. I guess he did get COVID that, that, that was kind of bad for him and, and uh, probably hurt him a little bit, but you know, the, a lot of, players fall for for these reasons right uh i mean we can even look at draymond now you know draymond i don't know what his draft stock was at the beginning of the year but he's a you know multi-year player uh probably measures a little bit shorter than people thought and you know maybe not in the greatest shape in in his senior season but you know the warriors pluck him in, in the early second round and and he's been fantastic for them so you know that a lot of times with these guys, with these players like this, there's some chance. But I, you know, if I was asking Bob Myers, you know, when when you're drafting this low, like, is there one thing that you look for? Is it how they compete? Is it you know their sort of their will and their intestinal fortitude? Whatever it is, uh, you know, they they draft Patrick Ball. And I'm assuming some of it is just the pedigree of how good he was in high school, and they figure in this system being able to not play, right? They're, they're not going to really need him to play. Uh, he He's now the youngest player on the team, Kuminga. He's he's younger than Kuminga by uh, a few months. So he's he's going to be able to, you know, they they will Kuminga him, essentially, you know, put him in, in certain spots, probably. And he's got the size. He's got the length. He doesn't look like he's uh, that strong. He looks a little skinny on that end, but ultimately like it's it's the kind of guy that you are able to pick at, at pick 28 and you just hope that for the warriors sake they're able to get him to where he was before you know probably the worst year of, of his young athletic career happened but he even said you know he even said just the opportunity to play with his pops was was such a big deal and he said he wouldn't do it you know he wouldn't change it again uh, if he had to, if he had to do it again, because like he really got a lot out of playing for his dad. And then, like you said, dad got fired. So made made sense for him to, to leave. He gets the first round. So he gets the guaranteed two years. I think the Warriors have a third year and fourth year option. He, you know, they, they 
as a rookie, he 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 doesn't he's I think less than three million. So uh, good for the Warriors, especially if he makes the roster. And uh, and yeah, ultimately, I think uh, this is going to be somebody who you know we have uh, as Warriors fans, we have a lot of these young guys, and you know we can focus on them a little bit during things like you know this summer showcase that we're going to go to next weekend. I hope that he plays. I'm sure he's going to play, and uh, and he's he doesn't have to be a part of the the main rotation on the roster until you know until he's ready until he gets his reps in so ultimately low pressure for him and you hope that that helps him succeed sort of like it did with with moody and kaminga and and we'll see what happens with them next year but uh yeah it, uh, you, you kind of like these high super high pedigree guys and you think the warriors can you know with their coaching staff that they can fix them and and, and get them to where they they probably should have been I feel like the key term that we've always heard is like Warriors culture. Um, and, you know, when we got in Wiggins, it was like, can we make him adapt to the Warriors culture when we drafted high pedigree Nico Mannion? Kind of the same thing. Um, maybe it didn't work out too well for Nico, but Wiggins is looking <laughs> awesome. Well, but yeah, yeah uh, unfortunately for, for Nico, he didn't really get to play with Steph, right? Like it was. You couldn't. Could he have? The, the, that just doesn't make sense on paper. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you put Nico Mannion on this year's team, I don't think could he have a, could he have actually played a little point guard when Steph then got rest? We don't know because they threw him to the Wolves when the Warriors were awful, and he had to go against these unfavorable matchups, and they exploited him. Now, I'm sure Marcus Smart looks at him and licks his lips and goes, "You know, buzzard meat here." But I'm just saying that he was in a position where he didn't have all of these great opportunities that a younger player would have had on, on a good. Yeah. Team. And they've acknowledged um, coaching staff front office that they handled that whole 2020 draft class with Wiseman and Mannion. They didn't do the development. Right. But you know, what was I going to say with Baldwin? Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting position that he's in. It's because you would think with the Warriors, with a team that's picking in the late twenties, it's get a guy like Jordan Bell. It's get a guy like Jacob Evans. It's get a guy like, um, Pat McCaw, who could ideally contribute now, right? You, you need to you need to be ready to come off of the bench and 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 play a role. Damian Jones, Kevon Looney, to a sense, um, but Patrick Baldwin, I feel like he's in an interesting position where they have tested the G League stuff with Poole, with Kaminga, and with Moody. Where, you know, when the Blazers took a kid named Shaden Sharp today, Shaden Sharp has not played a second of college basketball. He was a very good high school player, but it's hard to gauge talent when you're playing against. You know, he essentially played against look like kids from my high school. It's just not a good way to gauge uh, someone's talent, in my opinion, when when he doesn't touch the court in college. Mm -hmm. But the Portland Trailblazers made a move to get Jeremy Grant, which seemed like a move that was to win now. It looked like let's give Dame some help and win now. And drafting Shade and Sharp feels like the opposite of that. This is a guy who needs developmental minutes to prepare and get better, right? I feel like the Warriors don't really have the developmental minutes, but they have this thing called the G league in Santa mm -hmm. Cruz, which they have tested and which has worked that I feel like is still favorable on that side. Cause you know, if you're like the, I don't know, like past warriors teams, I feel like they needed the Jordan bell in the late rounds. They needed someone cause they, their payroll was so high that they needed some of these win now or not, I guess not win now, but just older guys who were, who were ready to contribute in the late twenties. They don't really need that right now. They have two kids who are what 19, maybe turning 20 soon. And 
you know, they, they, they're ready to help contribute in the places of like the JTAs and the Damian Lees. So I don't, I don't who, know who like are both free agents, by the way. And they're probably going to be open roster spots there. I feel like they'll resign Damian Lee, I guess. You just think? the connection. Just, just I don't think the they should. Step. I don't think they should, but <laughs> the Steph signing. That feels like a Steph signing. Yeah. Damian Lee's been on the squad forever. He was on the squad when KD was there. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel like anybody who they were drafting here should have gone through the test. And maybe they didn't have enough time to do this test, but the test should have been can you withstand. Andre Iguodala being frustrated with your defensive rotation. And it can, are you going to get sad? Are you going to get fired up? Are you going to be fine with, with the feedback? Like, how do you deal with that scenario? Because with these young guys, you know, that's why I so much hope they bring back Andre is because with these young guys are going to make so many mistakes and the coaches can only tell them so much, but you got the guy with four rank going like, okay, stop like this is you know you, you need to start paying attention buddy it's not oh. just the guy with four rings though it's the guy who was a focal point who was a big contributor in three of those on four of those on the last one he was more of a help on the sidelines uh pumping up wigs pumping up all those other guys but yeah i think it's different when it's andre Iguodala. no shots to udonis haslam but i feel like a lot of kids barely even remember who he was with Iguodala, you know who Iguodala was and you know you remember you probably know him from the sixers Maybe you forget the Nuggets run a little bit, but you know he was a focal point Finals MVP. I feel like that's why that some of that some of that stuff works, and I think he's even more important to bring back now. Although I think Kaminga could definitely use Andre. I, I bet on Kaminga to be more fine than this Patrick Baldwin kid. I feel like he kind of needs the Andre. All right, so uh, I was looking at KOC's uh, his scouting report on uh, Patrick Baldwin. So KOC loved the pick. He thought it was an A plus pick. Um, He's, he said the pluses to Baldwin's game are uh, essentially because of how tall he is and how and how long his arms are. His release point is pretty much unblockable. So it's very, I, you know, I, I guess we call that today KD like, right? Nobody can block KD shots. Um, he thinks that, uh, you know, unfortunately, the, the results were not there in college. Uh, a negative would be that he's a, a ball stopper and he takes too many shots, kind of goes for his own. That could be simply the you know the college situation with his dad, and, and maybe he's not playing with guys who who he's he's as good as or who are as good as him. First step uh, situation that uh, he said that is an issue. The positive, another positive, is just that. You know, because of what he's going to be asked to do, which is, you know, three and D, uh, you know, be long, get out on shooters that it could it's it's not going to be this. You know, he's not going to have a lot of responsibility so he can really focus on, on some of this stuff. Your friend, the person who you invited to your podcast, uh, Rafael Barlow. He tweeted this Warriors pick has me speechless. I need to go back and watch film from Patrick Baldwin's junior year in high school again. I wasn't impressed at the U19s and his play from this season didn't scream first round pick, but it's hard to doubt the Warriors. Now, it wasn't only that. It was also people who were in his mentions and he was arguing with them. When's the last time he shot well? Someone said, I knew he would go higher than you expected. Warriors will develop, and develop him into a good role player. And Barlow said, I'm saving this tweet. So... He was very, I wouldn't even say he was negative. I guess he was just surprised 
But sort of what you're saying is he's buying into the culture a little bit if they do turn him. Now, on the flip side, Dan Wetzel, great pick by Golden State. Patrick Baldwin Jr. has incredible talent, but struggled playing for his father at UWM last season. Warriors don't need him right away, but may get a big hit here. And that's interesting because he comes in at 28 versus last year when you heard the same thing about Kaminga, you heard the same thing about Moody, but they were lottery picks. This guy is barely at the end of the first round. So I thought that was a, a very interesting tweet. And then um, there was another one that I that, that read from, I guess the guy who, uh, the, there was a couple of local guys who who wrote up stories about him. And it and it did sound like they thought the ankle injury that he suffered in his senior year in high school kind of uh, mucked up his freshman year in college. So that you know the Warriors know how to take care of ankle injuries now. So we can uh, we, we if he is healthy, if he is one hundred percent healthy, which I would assume that you know he he probably is or at least close to it. Maybe that maybe that won't be an issue, and it could have been in in college, but we'll see. And again, you know, we're going to this summer showcase. Uh, is it? Do we even call it summer league? It's technically not summer league. California it's in Classic, Vegas. yeah, California Classic. And I, I'm I can't wait to see him play. I, I'm, yeah, I'm very too. intrigued because he's so tall. And I said he was skinny because he, he looks really skinny, but he's still listed as 231 pounds. So that's mm-hmm. not you know that's not just just you know it's it's not. Chet Holmgren, you know, Chet Holmgren's yeah. uh, 195 pounds or whatever. So he's got, he's got some meat to him. Okay, can I read something? Is this allowed um, to read something from Sam Vecini's? Oh, absolutely. Okay, we're, cool. We're crediting the guy. It's yeah, Sam okay. Vecini. Crediting Sam Vecini. This is, this is, so Barlow was kind of like surprised. The guy you just read off was, was pretty on the positive end. Yeah. Here's Vecini's weakness section. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read the first paragraph. Or maybe the first two paragraphs. The worst athlete in the 2022 NBA draft <laughs> class. It shows up on tape and it showed in his athletic testing at the combine. Have never seen a non-center post worse explosive scores at the combine. Had just a 26.5 inch max vertical leap and posted the second worst lane agility time. There is a genuine chance he's such a liability athletically that he might not be able to stick on the floor in an NBA game due to the speed of the game. You see that lack of athleticism mostly on defense. Gets toasted in space. I don't know who he guards right now. Has no lateral speed to guard the ball. If he's an if he's in a mismatch against a guard in the NBA, that guard is going to get to the paint. Had very little chance to guard in space against even mid-major guards who consistently got by him in a straight line. Seems like he also has a bit of fleck of a flexibility issue as he struggles to bend a bit and really get down in a stance for more than one slide after his first slide. Often stands up on his second or third slide and gives up his leverage. So what I will say about Vicini there is that obviously he does way, way, way more research than I do on this kid. You know, I was just trying to zone in on maybe the top 20 picks in this draft and they call him PV and J. Or PBJ, Patrick Baldwin Jr. PBJ was not really on my radar because of how low he was falling. But after doing a quick 30-minute just looking at all the tape, I could find. High school, he looks a lot more explosive and athletic. Mm-hmm. So it could, and be the, it could be the ankle I feels like that, it's the that frustrated him. Yeah. Because he looks like a slower, like, Bielitsa right now. Ooh. And I'm just hoping. <laughs> Less play, but- making Bielitsa better shooting. <laughs> ideally, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, but I'm, I'm hoping it's the it's the ankle because of which I mean, shoot, I hope I mean, hopefully he's okay. But yeah, Vicini kind of let him hear it. Um, 
and he he does look a little he looks a little slow and not athletic in college from his tape. But hey, if he can shoot and if he could defend maybe just a little above average or at average, the Warriors will play him. Maybe not this year just because of what they did with Moody. I thought Moody was ready, but you know, I think I think he'll get run. Yeah, that's uh, uh that that's interesting by Fasini because it's so crazy how the difference in in who's doing the analysis, you know, like I said, KOC, KOC's pretty nice guy though. He doesn't seem to really kill these guys. So he, he, he looks for a lot, a lot more positive, but yeah, he, he, you know, he had him at, he had him at an A plus, which, which I thought was uh, very interesting because I'm not sure how many other folks were uh, at an A plus um, that late. Uh, so I see some A minuses, but uh, as far in the first round, uh, KOC gave a, a, an A plus to David Roddy with uh, with Memphis, and then he gave an A plus to I think just Paolo. I think that was the only other A plus he gave. Oh no no no! So the Diang pick, uh, which was uh, who was that? The Knicks, and then traded to the and traded traded to the yeah. No, was it? Shoot. And then uh, she gave Shaden Sharp an A plus as well, and then Paolo. Interesting. Um, but to be fair to Vassini, that was his weaknesses section. I don't need to read off his strengths really because it's kind of like just I feel like it's just like height and shooting. But mm-hmm. he, he the thing is, is with that weakness section, I was pretty surprised because I read some weaknesses, weakness sections of other players. And that one, that one seemed pretty tough. <laughs> the worst athlete in the 2022 NBA draft class. That's tough. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most, when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. All right, so the Warriors bought a second round pick from the Atlanta Hawks. Do they not have their, their own second rounder? I thought they had three picks this year. So interesting. And two so in they, the second round. So they may but have, I don't know if it was their own, but... They, they may still have some picks left, but uh, they took... Ryan Rollins, who is a guard from Toledo. And I looked up the uh, one, one of the blogs, uh, the mid-major basketball coverage blog. And I was like, oh, he's probably, you know, he, he's, a, he's a 6'4 guard. I'm like, oh, they found someone who's going to sit in a corner and shoot threes. And it doesn't look like that's who he is. He's 6'3 and a quarter 180 wingspan is six feet nine and uh three quarter inches. And his strengths, according to this blog, uh the the midmajormadness.com blog, 
scoring ability and rebounding for a guard uh, areas. He needs to improve three point shooting and defensive effort. And so the defensive effort one kind of made me scratch my head a little bit because, you know, they have a bunch of junkyard dogs on this basketball team when it comes to defense and how hard these guys play defense. So to draft somebody who maybe doesn't, give that effort uh, on the defensive end was kind of surprising because it doesn't seem like he necessarily fits the pedigree, but they saw something in him because they traded, you know, they bought essentially, you know, uh, Jordan belled him and they bought his, his right. They bought the pick the 44th pick in the draft uh, for in the second round. And uh, Ryan Rollins is on this team. Now, you know, we might see Ryan Rollins this weekend or next weekend as well at the summer classic. Yeah, with Rollins, I don't know. I don't know Jack Crud about him, but uh, maybe he holds up the the cash money sign or whatever Bell did against the Warriors when they <laughs> yeah. play what the Hawks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. It's just recent. Uh, well, I don't really have much to say about Rollins or is that his name? Rollins, Ryan Rollins, Brian Rollins. But the Warriors are working to trade out of number fifty five. Looks like they're trying to send it to Milwaukee. Or or they're working out to trade. Okay, but they just drafted some guy named Gui Santos. G U I Santos. Gui Santos. Gui Santos. So you know, may- maybe they do make a trade, or you know, maybe this is a. An, I wonder if Gui Santos was in anybody's uh, anybody's big board here. I'll I'll mm-hmm. look it up as as we're talking. But you know, ultimately, he's not he's not in a KLC's top fifty. He, I uh, I didn't look at Vicini's, but uh, you, you can check that out if he's on there. Um, so ultimately, you know, we we knew going into this draft they weren't going to trade up. They 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 didn't want a giant contract. They can't really afford a giant contract. They weren't going to make any trades. You know, they're not they're going to run it back as, as much as they can. And the player that they were drafting, the players that they were drafting are either going to be stash guys who, you know, they just go and stash them and, and figure out, you know, you know, maybe in a couple of years, I don't know if they're going to Justinian Jessup, any, any of the guys. How's that uh, working? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and like you said, the G league, right? The G league is going to be where uh, probably where, where, where they play a lot. And we saw Moody and Kaminga play in the G league uh, earlier this year. So that, that's why I think that, it's a statement. It's because it's like, look at this top seven pick. Look at this number 14 pick going to the G League. Look at Jordan Poole going to the G League. Look, yeah. James Wiseman, you can go to the G League. Look, number 28 pick, you're definitely going to the G League. But yeah. not to cut you off or anything, but do you know what GP2's wingspan is? Because I just read something about Rollins. Uh, I, I know it's long. I don't know if I don't know exactly what it is, but he's got long arms for sure. So Rollins, six foot three, six foot ten wingspan. Yeah, crazy. That seems very big. Yeah, it's it, it, it's for pretty crazy for, for someone his his. I I remember uh, Steph when Steph came to the NBA. He was like, I think Steph is technically, he's Steph is probably closer to six two than he is six three, but he also had long arms. His wingspan was like six seven or something. But you know six, the Warriors eh. like like those guys with with the with the wingspans mm-hmm. for for so, I mean reasons. The thing is, if if there was a team I would bet on to change someone's defensive effort, I feel like the Warriors are probably in the top three. Maybe it's Warriors, like Miami, Memphis. I I don't know the order, but I feel like the Warriors could change someone's defensive effort by the guys that are around them Um, and the culture, like we've been saying. 
but I mean, six three with a six foot ten wingspan, like. I mean, just try a little more, and we might have a lot of <laughs> we might have a lot of fast breaks on our hands. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's 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 you know maybe they maybe they're looking at it and going like, oh, he's got some of the things that we see. And you know, the other thing is when you have GP two, if you know if they bring him back, and we'll, we'll save this. Uh, we're I think we'll probably have a, a bigger discussion about the roster in the next show. But GP, uh, you know just how hard that guy works and how hard I imagine Jordan Poole's going to work to continue to get better. This Rollins kid's going to come in and they're just going to kick his butt in practice mm-hmm. and in all these scrimmages. So he'll, he'll have to figure that out pretty quickly, but Hey, you know, he's got, he's got something that, that they like or else they would not have yeah. bought that pick to, to draft him. So, and on uh, Vecini's board, he is ranked number 33. I, I'm pretty sure Baldwin's a lot lower right below him is Nikola Jovic who the heat drafted right before the warriors drafted uh, warriors twitter did. wanted wanted that guy big time i know and i wanted jaden hardy <laughs> and uh, i think they i think they mostly wanted jovic just for the jokic memes i think that's literally why warriors <laughs> twitter wanted him was just for the memes i think so too. um all right Man, so, i wanted them to get jamari bouye wait has he got drafted yet i think i told you one yeah uh i don't think i don't think he's been drafted yet but yeah he was brought up from the freshman team to the JV team, literally the game we were supposed to play him in high school. And I was, I was pretty scared to play the kid, but he got, he got pulled up right before we played him. And I was like, Oh, sigh of relief. I didn't have, I didn't have the dog in me. (laughs) How come? I don't know, man. Uh, This kid, this kid was nuts. This kid was so good. And I feel like from what I saw in high school, he was just like, he'd drive to the paint. He had the quickest first step ever, get by whoever was in front of him, jump as high as he possibly could from the free throw line and just be floating in the air People would, you know, the the Monta Vista team would would crunch in and try to stop his drive, and he'd just be a, in the air, easy pass to the corner. Like the kid was nuts. And in college, he just looked like this ultimate shot creator. Take the game over, put it, put the game, put the ball in his hands, and something good will happen. Type of guy. Yeah, so I, I hope I hope the Warriors get him. That would, but I don't know how many picks they have left. Uh, so on. Let's see, let's see if KOC. Where does KOC have him? on his board i don't how do you spell his first name j-a-m-a-r-e-e kelsey doesn't have him in the top 50 either Uh, my god i'm looking at the wrong one i'm looking at the wrong one that that was the the draft grades uh let's probably doesn't vicini has him at 77 okay yeah 77 is is pretty low though that's off yeah. that's out of that's, that's like a third round which doesn't exist well the guy we just took was on Vicini 75 oh Santos. wow oh wow okay uh okay so let, let's talk about this we'll, we'll quickly just talk about the first round and uh you know everybody since pretty much i feel like since this you know the college season ended i've heard about jabari smith as the number one pick i've heard about chet holmgren as a possible number one pick and I've heard about Paolo as a possible number one pick. As this sort of this stuff was shaken out, it was pretty clear that Jabari was going to be the top pick. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, about 10 minutes before this draft starts, we start hearing that Paolo is going to be the top pick. What the heck changed? Because I, I, I really wonder if so was the Jabari stuff a smokescreen and they were trying to get someone to trade up into that number one slot and they really wanted Paul Palo all along. I, I I'm assuming that's what it, what it was, but uh, yeah, it, like every, everybody's 
all the tweets was Jabari's going to go number one and Chet's going number mm-hmm. two. Powell's going number three. And then they switched it on us right at the last minute. I mean, shout out to my guy, Rafael Barlow, who's been on the on the Paolo train since before our podcast, way before the any of this draft stuff, probably since last year. He, he, he's thought that if you pass on Paolo Bancaro at the number one pick, like the reasons people are not, you know, uh, putting Paolo number one, maybe it's defensive effort and stuff like that, is the same reason that people did not draft Jason Tatum number one. So he's been saying that forever, and I'm glad that, you know, maybe some people started recognizing that. And I think you're right, because I was wondering, like, what do they have to gain mm-hmm. by just smoke screening Jabari? They have the first pick, but I guess you're right that someone could have traded up with them mm-hmm. and then they could have went down and gotten their guy still. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, the, I was convinced Jabari, the BAM pod has done this mock draft for three years now. And our, our, the one prideful thing we had in that mock draft was we'd at least get the top three correctly every year. And mm-hmm. this top three, we got it wrong. We had Jabari one. That's just what it seemed like the whole time. And then last night, the Vegas odds completely switched and had Paolo as like a minus favorite who has been oh, a plus wow. favorite this whole time. And I was like, what is going on here? And it, I think they switched back, but then Paolo still gets drafted first. And I was just like, well, there goes our mock. That, that literally, that one thing and Sacramento's pick derailed our whole mock draft. I think we got <laughs> one right out of the top 10. And it's literally because... Orlando decided to stay quiet and Sacramento decided to make a dumb play, but Hey, I give them credit for going after the guy that they really thought, uh, you know, I think there's sometimes there's some pressure there to take who everyone thinks, you know, then you get Anthony Bennett as your, as your first round though, though, I don't, I don't think a lot of people had Anthony Bennett. Maybe that, maybe he was the guy that Cleveland wanted to take those years ago. Paolo has the higher ceiling in my opinion. I think it's the right pick Jabari to me, like, I think he has the lowest floor. In my opinion, I've said this on the band pod. I got some slack for it, but I asked Raphael on DMs. I was like, dude, am I an idiot for thinking this? He's like, no, you're right. So I think that you could have put Jabari Smith Jr. You could have plopped him right out, right from his seat right now, without any NBA experience, and he would have been help to a playoff team. And Okay, well, here's a different question. You watch the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Who fits what the Warriors were doing better, Jabari or Paolo? Jabari, 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 Jabari. Yeah, that's what I think too, because you know, you watch how willing he was to just go out there and defend all the way past the perimeter, almost as if he was like, you know, he he I'm trying to think of who who like uh, uh, one of the great perimeter defenders was uh, uh, in basketball history, but it was almost like I'm going out further than you're comfortable with because I'm going to make you uncomfortable. And I was like, man, this guy, you know, Draymond would, would probably uh, jump for joy with the opportunity to, to totally. work with this guy. But there's another part of this game and, uh, you know, the big body you're talking, you know, they're both about the same height, but you're talking Paolo's like much more filled out uh, at 250 and Jabari's a little skinnier, a lot skinnier at, at mm. 210. You know, Paolo played the better competition, uh, playing for Duke. So very, it was very interesting. I, I, I was tangentially following a lot of this, just listening to podcasts and stuff. And what it sounded like to me heading into this draft was a lot of people really, really liked Paolo, but they thought that Jabari Smith Jr.'s value was a little bit higher in a draft. And I was like, well, why don't we just take the best guy? Why don't we take the guy that you like the best and like not worry about what everyone else thinks? And, and that mm-hmm. sounds like that's exactly what they did. So I thought that was really cool. 
And I think it also could be because, I mean, every draft guru I've listened to doesn't have a tier one prospect in this draft. Last year, the tier one was Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, three guys who you could hand the keys to your franchise and say, like, we, we, we think something good can happen out of this. Yeah. This year, I can't see, I can't give the keys to no one. So I'm wondering, like, that, that, that might be why. Maybe because no one thought that this draft had a number one guy. So how about we just take the guy with the with the highest floor, who's the youngest player in the draft, by the way, Jabari. Not I don't know about the draft, but Jabari is younger than Chet by like o- almost a year. Yeah, younger than uh, Paolo by five months, know, eight eight months, five months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so Jabari was the youngest, and I think he had the highest floor. He, he I think at his worst, he will be a high end rotation player, like three and D, and that's so valuable in this league, especially on a playoff team as a role player coming off the bench. But I'm wondering, like, I kind of want to ask you this. Where do you think like Kaminga and Wiseman, specifically those two? I think Warriors World tweeted it or Sam or Andy, one of those three. I think they tweeted and asked the question, where would Kaminga and Wiseman fall in this draft? Because I have I have my idea. But I feel like you have to say, where would Kaminga and Wiseman fall in this draft with what we knew before they got drafted, before mm-hmm. they played an NBA game? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think um I think Kaminga would probably fit right in like the three, four range. And I think Wiseman is probably right after him. But then, you know, you have all these guards who who go in the the you know these wings essentially from the from four to I guess all the way to what um, nine or no even further. Who who's this first center to to come off the board? Was it Durin? Durin. Yeah. So thirteen is is the first center. Uh, I, I think Wiseman is it would probably be a little bit higher of a prospect than him, but I don't know. Do, do would teams take all of those wings ahead of Wiseman? I feel like Wiseman is probably less than the number two pick in this draft. Well, some of it is higher. because what we, some of it is because higher. of what we know about him though. Right? Like the, the problem with Wiseman and, and this was always the issue and this is very similar to some of the guys in this draft, like, uh, like Sharp, is he played so little in college. And so you didn't know what he would do against top talent because he didn't play any top talent. He's a man child. Obviously, he's got a tremendous uh, length and size. And I, you know, I, I would imagine he's just getting stronger. His body is probably filling out now that he's, you know, it's going to be his third year in the league. So, I don't know. Based on what we know, what he can, what what he is, I'm thinking. You know, that's maybe why I don't think you can less. factor it in. I, I have, I'm saying you have to factor in like what we know, what we knew before he played a game in the NBA. Like, what was the feeling around in that draft? And I think he would have been. I mean, maybe I'm just a homer and a lot higher on Kaminga and Wiseman because I, I love the Warriors. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if you told me like Wiseman went one or something. Good, like I mean, that. this or, is a good question for for Barlow, right? Like he, he probably would have a pretty good yeah, answer to that question. Kaminga four or three sounds right to me. I just think that Wiseman, I would, the thing is with Wiseman though, is him playing wasn't like his choosing. Correct. Like he got in, there was like some trouble with, I don't know. Um, yeah. It's because college basketball's uh, ridiculously fraudulent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but Shaden Sharp, like that, that he chose not to, play at Kentucky or something like that. And it was, well, it was mostly for his, his health of his draft stock, right? Like that was kind of the reason. Um, all right. So the, uh, we, we got a, we got a question or we got a little 
comment here that I'll put up. Uh, prediction for 51 and 56 slots. So, so they already I, 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 it already happened. So the, the draft is over. And now are starting to sign right now. Yeah, now you're getting all the, the guys who didn't get drafted signing. Uh, the Warriors signed Lester <laughs> Quinones to a two-way deal. Uh, the Lakers are so active right now. The guy who you were talking about, Jamari Bouye, uh, agreed to a deal with the Miami Heat. Sharif O'Neal signed with the Lakers. Good for Sharif. I, I don't the imagine. Lakers also got Scotty Pippen Jr. Oh, my God. I don't imagine <laughs> Sharif is going to fill out and, and be a player. But, you know, knowing what we know about his sort of situation, like, I'm just happy to see him, you know, sign, yeah, sign a contract. Uh, so the Warriors, so we talked about Guy Santos at 55, and they didn't have, did they have 51? I don't see Shams tweeting about pick 51. What happened at pick 51? Do we know? Well, the draft, what was, what was Santos, 55? 55. Uh, I'm going to trade one of these picks then. I'm going to look at ESPN.com and see if they have the full list of uh, the picks here. Um, let's see. Yeah, 51 is just complete. Oh, no, 51 was the Hawks. Okay, so that was so. Do no, the Warriors not drafted. have that pick? Yeah, I don't think the Warriors had that pick then. I'm not sure. Uh, Jaden Hardy, I wish that would have been sick if I got all three of those right. I thought Baldwin was gonna fall. That's why I thought Jaden Hardy would be the 28 pick. I thought Baldwin was just gonna like tank, continue to fall in the draft. Who knows? Who knows if he would have had the Warriors not taken him? Uh, yeah, well, well, if I can, if I can find it, like for like you would think, like there's just a website, coughespn.com, where I could literally go to the website and go, just give me all of the picks. Why do I have to click mm-hmm. five links to get there? And then I click there, and it's like, oh, great, for ha, ha, only the first round, and I got to click another link to get to the second round. So. 51 was the Warriors drafted Tyrese Martin, small forward from UConn. So the Warriors have four guys that they are f- going to figure out you know, what's going on here. As They're far all going to hang out in Santa Cruz together. Yeah. I mean, that's well, cool. those, those second round picks can be two ways, right? That's like the, the benefit so. of those second rounders yeah, is I they could so. be two way contracts. Yeah. So yeah, so, that's probably what very interesting. I I didn't have it wasn't on my uh on on my board here. The Warriors were going to come away with four players at the end of this <laughs> draft. It's crazy. I wanted Dalen Terry. That's all. I'll if he ends up being well, something he went for too the Warriors, high. Like I'm just going to look at that. I mean, the Warriors could have traded up or something. He just went too high for you. All right. I know you were upset or not really upset, but you thought the Kings made a mistake drafting Keegan Murray at four. Uh, I think uh, KOC agreed with you. They only got to be minus. Um, Jaden Ivey goes five to the Pistons. We saw a lot of Jaden Ivey. We saw a lot of Jaden Ivey's mom. We saw a lot of Jaden Ivey crying. And uh, so that that was a really fun. Like, I think he comes out of this draft as kind of like a little bit of a star just because he got so much attention. Chet Holmgren and the dice around his neck. I'm not sure I understood. That was kind of cool. I feel like that got exactly. I'm not sure I understood exactly what why he wore the dice. I guess it's his number, and then it was all about is he going to get the number? And he didn't know if they had the number, and then (laughs) if they did, then he was going to have to buy it. And then he was like, no, 
I can't say anything because uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be bargaining now without knowing what's going. Like, okay, dude, like you're, you should have been a little bit more prepared. Um, roll the dice on himself. Bet on himself. I guess. Uh, uh, your your U of A boy, uh, Matherin went to the Pacers. KOC really liked that pick. Uh, the you know you were talking about the age of these guys. Shaden Sharp is barely nineteen. Dyson Daniels mm. is barely nineteen. Uh, what did Jeremy, KOC give that pick for the Pelicans? I liked that pick a lot. Hey, he gave it an A. Uh, Sochin uh, or Sohan, I think Sohan. So, Sohan. Uh, like he's that. barely nineteen, and there are some eighteen-year-olds in this draft. Uh, Jalen Williams, who's the Santa Clara guy, he's twenty-one. He's like the oldest mm-hmm. guy in the first round. But uh, Jalen Duran. 18 and a half. Um, actually, the Kansas guy is the oldest guy in the draft because he was a senior drafted. Uh, AJ Griffin is not quite 19. He's a few months away from being 19. Uh, and who else is 18? I thought I saw another guy who was 18 uh, in this list. Maybe not. Maybe those were the only two. So, so yeah, Patrick Baldwin, uh, 19 and a half. But he's still the youngest guy in the Warriors. Anything else surprise you in the first round? Did you think of any? What did you think of all these trades that were going on? Were there like the Thunder was just kind of making moves? I think uh, the Pistons one is what confused me. Yeah, um, because they they cleared cap space. What what seemed to be like for a move a push for Aiden, and I'm not sure if they uh, maybe they could still afford it, but they just went and got Durin. Like it seems to me like they actually came away as winners. But well, it sounds like they're gonna buy Kemba out, right? I think that's that's what that would make like, sense. They just don't have room for him. It feels like they have they have uh, Cade and they have Killian, and I like both of them. Like yes, yeah, so, I mean I think it's just a deal to then buy Kemba out, and then you kind of erase him from the books. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, I I think just to piggyback or circle back on that Kings pick, it was like I don't hate the pick. It's just it was it it, it makes sense, right? Because we've talked about it in our chat that you know getting Sabonis like speeds up their window in a window that I don't think you needed to speed up. I think that things that ship still needed some time to sail. Like, I feel like they're putting a lot of eggs into the deer and Fox basket and deer and Fox to me hasn't proven jack crap. Yeah. So, you know, you, you have this dynamic duo of deer and Fox and, 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 uh, Sabonis. And, you know, I think Jaden Ivy is clearly the better prospect. I think Jaden Ivy will look down the line in five years and it's clearly like the Kings messed up here. Like they have in the past by Bagley over Luca. But I guess, you know, we th- maybe thought Bagley was a lot better at the time, but this one is just, it just feels, it felt so clear. It felt so obvious. It feels like Ke- Keegan Murray will fit their squad better. He should be starting by day one at the, at the power forward position as a three and D player. He fits the roster well, but if you're drafting at number four and this feels like a top four heavy draft, you got to go with the guy who's supposed to be the fourth pick. It's Jaden Ivey. He was the best. I'm glad they didn't because now my new favorite team in the Eastern Conference, Detroit Pistons, get him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just feel like the Kings, since last year, I feel like they've missed so many times on the draft. And they saw last year and they said, who could we get that like won't be a bust? Like there's no chance he'll be bad. And they say, okay, 22-year-old Davion Mitchell, right? He can't be bad, right? He's he's so old and he's he's going to get drafted pretty high. He, he like can't be bad. He just doesn't have the highest ceiling, but he can't be bad in this first year. And they're right. He wasn't bad. He's 22 years old. And this year they do a similar thing. They go with 21-year-old Keegan Murray. And to their credit, though, this kind of it feels like it fits their window a little more. You know, they're I don't know if they need like the 18-year-old project. Maybe they do need these 22-year-olds who kind of are closer to the age of, of Fox and are ready to go and 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 play some winning basketball but i mean 
sure, draft Keegan Murray. It makes you better this year. Drafting Jaden Ivey wouldn't have made you better this year. Drafting Keegan Murray does. But drafting in five years, it's going to be quite obvious to me. But, you know, this team is still going to be fighting for a play-in spot. So what the hell did you have to lose? Uh, yeah, I mean, you're drafting somebody who is a little bit older, who fits your 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 starting lineup this year a little bit better but uh yeah i mean or you just go you know trade for tj warren or somebody like that uh, yeah. it, it was funny you know the, this whole draft so i liked malika i thought she was good she wasn't perfect like she had a couple of you could tell she was a little nervous but i thought she was very charming perk man <laughs> Did, uh, he, i don't think he said a whole one word during that whole warriors thing perk uh he was doing these comparisons <laughs> he compared my guy jabari smith jr to sharif abdur rahim who was like in the 2003 draft and Shar- sharif what was uh you know he, he he did shoot from the outside and stuff but he wasn't this guy who uh you know, was was like a deer around the court. Like Sharif w- was a little bit of a, a slower, maybe a lesser athlete, but he was just a great scorer. He could score the basketball. And when he compared Jabari Smith Jr. to Sharif and KD, I was like, we just saw the NBA Finals where Jason Tatum is sitting right there. Jason Tatum is probably a, a, a better comp than KD, especially because you're comparing this young kid to one of the greatest players of all time. But Sharif Abdurrahim, like you don't even know who Sharif Abdurrahim is. Just and, by 2K. And just, it's just like, man, perk. And somebody get my guy the cough button in the second round of this draft. This guy must have coughed on the air five times. Like, come on, dude, be professional. And but, what did he do with Chet? Was it if like Giannis and Chris Stepps had a baby or was Giannis yeah. and someone else? No, no, it was that, Giannis yeah. and Chris Stepps. Giannis Porzingis. and Chris Stepps had a baby. It is Chet Holmgren. And he said, oh, Chet, buddy. he said Chet was a, uh, was a tough guy. He's, 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 he's going to dunk it on, on your face, man. Chet. I'm not. Chet. Yeah. I feel like the, a lot of criticism on his frame and his like skinny frame. I, I feel like he could still do well. He's such a good rim protector with that. With that he's the most, intri- he's the most intriguing prospect maybe in the history of the NBA draft because of his skill set. Like, uh, you know, there, there are some guys who had, uh, they, they would come from Europe, so you didn't have a lot of video on them. But we have a ton of video on this dude. And and if we didn't, we just ask his dad, who's been recording his game since he was in the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And so we have all all kind of tape on him. And with all that tape, you know, People still think he's going to be really good. I don't. I don't. I mean, what, what does that mean as far as filling out? Uh, when when I watched the the clips of him, you know he he gets uh, his long strides, so he eats up a lot of the court by not really having to take very many steps. But I, I I'm not sure that the, like there was a lack of uh, of quickness there. But that's just kind of like because he's so tall, like he's not going to be the most, you know, the quickest guy on the court. So, but I, I think he's, I think it's going to be fascinating. And um, so I, I was talking to our good buddy, Ben Cruz and um, the, the ringer, I, I may be helping the ringer just with some podcast editing. And so uh, one of the producers on the ringer who people will hear, cause Bill will bring him on was uh, Saruti, Steve Saruti. 
and I was talking to Saruti about Chet because he was pro Chet. He wanted Chet over Jabari, but he's like, I think we're going to draft Jabari. And I said, you know what's going to happen is everybody is going to want to dunk on Chet. Like that's going to be the thing is can you put Chet on a poster? And I saw I, you, this was you were really young, but me, your uncle and a couple friends, we went to Oakland to see Yao Ming. This is right before this was when Yao Ming and Jay Williams were the first two picks in the draft. So whatever year that was, 2002 or something. And it was Team China versus Team USA. It was not the Olympic year, but you know how every two years they you got to qualify and do all this stuff. So the, the 2002 team was like Paul Pierce, Baron Davis, Jay Williams. Not a great team in any manner, but the China team was just only Yao. The game, all they wanted to do was dunk on Yao. They, they must have tried to dunk on him like seven or eight times during this game. And that, that's what I thought about with Chet is all these guys are going to try and put this poor dude on a poster because he's a tall white guy. Sean Bradley, who was drafted the same year as Chris Webber in uh, 1993. He's the second pick of the draft right before Penny Hardaway. He was 7'4 and frame very similar to Chet Holmgren. Uh, only just people just wanted to dunk on him. And so they just attacked him and attacked him and attacked him. So Chet's going to get a lot of experience in being a rim protector in the NBA, unless, you know, they, they do stuff to, to kind of keep him. Uh, defenses are different these days. You, you know, mm. Sean Bradley's like staying right in the middle. Yao Ming's staying right in the middle. Um, and, and Chet may not only just be in the middle. He's going to be helping and, you know, he's going to be have to get out to the wing and, and, and help. So it, he's not just going to sit in the middle. But I do think that that's going to be the thing is like these guys secretly are going to be like, OK, I'm going to get him. And I'm gonna, I, I, I'm, I want, I want this thing to go viral. I want this thing to go on Twitter. You know, I want people to to tweet it, and and you know, that, that's just how the, the the thing works today. But uh, so you know, that's that's what we were talking about with the ringer guys. And Jonathan uh, Kaminga said, "Challenge accepted." <laughs> but I think you're right. And and Rafael Barlow actually said something like that on our podcast, where he was like, uh, "Chet's gonna sell tickets," you know, for better oh, yeah. or for worse. Oh like, yeah, like kind of like how people would go buy tickets to see LaMelo because they either want to see him uh, do good or fail. Like that's just kind of the the spotlight he's been put in to his own doing too. He's a little bit of, he's a little cocky, but you know that he's going to sell tickets and OKC needs some tickets to be sold. The other guy who I secretly thought would have been like the perfect warrior was uh, Mark Williams. And I was asking you about him today. I was like, he, he like he, the Warriors have zero chance at this guy. Right. And you're like, yeah. And he goes 15 to the Hornets I, I, I sort of thought about it as a little bit of loony insurance. They're a different player. He's, uh, I, you know, we watch Rob Williams. We watched, uh, um, what is Rob Williams' nickname? Does he have one? The Time Lord. They call him the Time, Time Lord. Lord. Oh, man. Lord. Yeah, my bad. I mean, we watched that guy, and that guy was amazing, right? Yeah. And I was like, wow, what if we had him on the Warriors? That's what Duran's supposed to be. Yeah, Duran, Mark Williams, those guys. Uh, so that'll be interesting because I, I I always look at this as who could help the Warriors. I, that's sort of how I look at the the players when they get drafted. Mm-hmm. Like I like them if I think that they can fit on the Warriors team, and uh, and we'll see we'll see if uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. Yeah. can fit on the team. Uh, and uh, as uh, as we finish this out, okay. So well, one more guess, question before we we finish this out, and yeah. it's kind of a point is that I know we're kind of getting close to time here, but the Minnesota uh, sorry the Memphis Grizzlies have had a very recent successful draft history. 
Yeah. Uh, you look back, Jaron Jackson Jr., just from four years ago, Jaron Jackson Jr., Ja Morant, to Desmond Bain, to Zaire Williams. So, so they've been pretty successful as of late, and I usually trust who they pick. The guy who they picked today, their first pick, was I know who the Warriors were heavily looking at, and, and it seemed like that's what a lot of we were all looking at too, was Jack LaRavia. So I'm interested to see if he pans out because I usually trust the Memphis Grizzlies with who they... Zaire Williams wasn't supposed to go number 10 last year, I'll tell you that, yeah. and, and yeah. they traded up to grab him. So it seemed like LaRavia was supposed to fall a little more, so we will see. And then Danny Green's going to the to the Grizzlies, but I think he's out for most of the year. But there's Dylan Brooks and Danny Green. Well, what what about the uh, the next pick where they took like the the chunky quarterback, uh, David Roddy, who's uh, who played who who is a six four two hundred sixty pound quarterback at Colorado State, and like six four two sixty, like that's that's he's he's a big dude, but I guess he can shoot a little bit. And uh, Memphis had to send DeAnthony Melton to Philly. It's a good pick for Philly. So pretty, pretty interesting move there. Uh, I kind of like again, you know, when we look at Memphis, I go, okay, that that series is very like memorable to me. How, how does I, I don't know enough about this guy, but like, would would the Warriors immediately put him in the pick and roll and go, okay, Steph, you're just going to go at this guy. So that's, a, that's a, a, also how I look at this. Yeah. Stuff. I feel like they try to avoid those guys because I think they think what you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's quickly talk about the parade. We were at the parade on Monday. Um, and I was telling Brad on the Thompson, the Clark podcast, how, cause we were talking about the old man injuries that the giants have, like, lower back tightness and and these crazy injuries and i was like well i i had a very similar injury and all i did was i was just standing on the pavement at the warriors parade like my back was getting tight i thought i was gonna have to like do a cobra yoga move on the on the concrete to to loosen up my back but uh fun it was really fun and uh, i i had the i used the um for our slate here i used the the steph drinking out of the bottle here uh that that we got to see him i i put i also put the little little clip on on instagram and uh as a reel and people were very interested in seeing warriors parade stuff on instagram so we got a lot of hits uh but what did you think first time you know we've ever the the giants won three championships the warriors have now won four you're too young the lot you weren't even born the last time the niners won but uh your first time at a parade would you was did, do you need to go back if they win again do you want to go back or you waiting for one of the other teams to win and then you're gonna go like what was the what was the mindset here i think i'm done <laughs> <laughs> it was cool seeing the players up close and as excited as they were um but yeah it was long and and I feel like I'm too young to have back issues and mine was a little bugging too. So I, I think, I think I mainly went because of how convenient it was to go living here in the city. Now um, I think I would have went regardless, but yeah, I, I maybe once the Niners or the giants get one, then I'll probably go back. I can't see. It was tough, man. Maybe if I live here, I guess I can't not go, but yeah. 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 It was a cool, it was cool though, because you know, Steve Kerr, I have that video that I have yet to export from my camera. He just is like right in front of me. Like, I don't know a foot away so you know i think who else passed by festus azili <laughs> bob myers i barely missed <laughs> bob myers i wanted to yell at him to take dale and terry yeah okay so can you tell us the uh chris demarco story here okay so was film um the entire parade i wanted to put together this little like tiktok for my own podcast and 
I had my camera either set on Steve Kerr or I was waiting for Steve Kerr to get envisioned because the coach's bus came by and Steve Kerr, I was looking for him on the bus. He wasn't on the bus. He was, he came off the bus to, you know, talk to fans and sign. So I was, I was looking for him with mm-hmm. my camera. I think I saw him, but I, I, I noticed that he wouldn't be in vision for a while. So I just put my camera down for a little bit and there was this little blow up basketball, like toy hoop in the crowd that, the fans were uh, throwing the ball up to the players and coaches so they could shoot the shot into the crowd. And Chris DeMarco gets the ball and he makes it. And so I immediately put my camera up. I'm like, I, and I get the reaction to it. And they they throw it back to him. And this time I have the, the shot and he shoots it again and he makes it again. And so I got that on camera. I, I, I honestly, I know who Chris DeMarco is. I didn't know what he looked like. And yeah, not, we, he's, we he's, both didn't know. Yeah. And he was walking. He came out of the bus to walk along the crowd and he was like, hey, does anyone have this video? And I was like, I have it. And he's like, cool, send it to me. And I was like, how? How am I possibly going to send this to you? And he gave me his phone number. And then so uh, me and my girlfriend do a little bit of detective work. And I know I sent you guys the picture. I was like, does this look like the guy? Like, I don't even remember. And you guys said that this did look like the guy. And I did the area code that he gave me. I'm not going to say the area code, but it, (laughs) it lined up from out of the state where he's from. That's where the area code lined up, like not in California. I was like, this has to be him. So then I texted him and I said, uh, I sent him the video and I said, uh, he said, thank you. You know, you have two free tickets for next season. And I was like, wow, you know, thank you, Coach DeMarco. Like, I don't know if he thought I knew who he was now, but I didn't know who he was. Um, and I, I don't know, should I spoil the rest? Well, I mean, it, it, it depends. Was it, was it good news? Well, it, the rest is, is the... So he gave he said, I have two free tickets for next season. And I said, instead of two free tickets, um, can you can you be a guest on my podcast? And he said, no problem. So yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. like the ending to the story. No, that's and, great. It, it'd be yeah. really cool. That would be I mean, you you guys have had some fun guests. I mean, we just talked about Barlow, who's, a, you know, who's kind of an up and coming draft guru. And he's probably even more of a, a draft guru than than most people realize because of uh, the big board stuff. But yeah, that's a that's a giant guest. It's it's a really fun one. That, I know. That'll, be a, that'll be a lot of fun to talk to him. I mean, maybe he can give us the the insider scoop on PBJ if we see him at the California Classic. So you know what it looks like? It looks like the Rollins pick was not actually. It doesn't look like they bought the pick. It looks like they may have traded, and then there was some money consideration in that deal. So it may have been. For, for whatever reason, I cannot find exactly what happened, but it's possible that the Warriors traded 51 to 44 or 51 plus cash to 44 and, and grabbed Rollins. Uh, so Bob Myers, Bob Myers said that uh, there, there might be, you know, the, they're not sure about Patrick Baldwin Jr. As far as summer league is concerned because his, because of his ankle, he still has to be cleared. Um, he won't, the, the status for summer league won't be decided until meeting with uh, Celebrini. And then he said that Bob Myers also said Ryan Rollins was drafted with the intention of having him on the 15 man. So that's really interesting. Um, second round pick, second round pick. I get, you know, they, it's a guard league, right? It's a wing league. And we just talked about his, his wingspan and, and his height. So, you know, I, I don't know anything about his athleticism. We'll have to see on that. And then Guy Santos may be a draft and stash option. Guy Santos is from Brazil. So there you go. 
All right. And with that news on Rollins, I just want to say, you know, Chia, it was a hell of a time, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who know, you, you never know. We might be able to get Cheese on the podcast and talk about his time. <laughs> JJ likes to call him True. Cheese. Uh, all right. Real quick, uh, I, because we're going to be doing this show uh, hopefully weekly. I mean, we may, we may miss some weeks here and there because uh, I am going on vacation in July sometime. But I thought it would be kind of fun to recommend something that that we've watched i think the big one is hustle the adam sandler movie that we both saw uh our uh our guy uh wancho was uh was the main the main basketball player the main actor of this movie with adam sandler there was a lot of guys like anthony edwards who played uh, a bad guy really well almost to the point of like made me wonder if he's really that that nice of a guy uh or if he's a, a stone cold killer like he looked in the, in that movie um sort of predictable but like an awesome netflix movie like just a cool like oh just just watch this movie and then at the end of two hours you're like that was a lot of fun i really liked that movie what did you think hustle was awesome um i mean it just captivated it's hard to look in the lens of like my lens is just like complete basketball, right? That's like a lot of, the, of what I watch. But my girlfriend, on the other hand, doesn't really watch basketball. So I think <laughs> from her lens, it was like still, a, she was really entertained by the movie. Yeah. So I think, I, I mean, I was especially entertained seeing all the, seeing all the characters and calling you know, them out. Yeah. Cause like what um, Adam Sandler was doing is essentially what like, kind of like what Raphael Barlow does. He's, he's mainly focused in the international stuff. So he's always mm-hmm. in different countries. And I was like, the only difference is that Adam Sandler worked for the Sixers while Barlow is not really working for a team. He's, yeah. you know, kind of viewing, not viewing all these guys, not looking for one specific team to place them. So I thought that that was kind of cool. Yeah, no, I, and Queen Latifah is in it. I was so surprised that she played the wife. I was like, yeah, what a fun mix for a couple there. Adam Sandler and Queen Latifah, who's just like one of the coolest ladies one of the first uh one of the best original female rappers it's it's so weird because no one ever sees her rap anymore but she was like a legit rapper uh back in the in the late 80s so to see her was kind of cool um and then and then yeah just ultimately like if you have two hours it is a cool underdog story very predictable but predictable in a good way like sometimes you see movies and you, there's like these swerves and you're like, oh, I didn't want that to happen because I wanted to be happy in this movie. You're going to be happy watching this movie. So check out Hustle. Um, I've been, I'm watching some other basketball stuff. So we have more recommendations throughout uh, the rest of this year. But so uh, we'll pro- we'll figure out a, a time to yeah, we, we, we may not be regular on the same day as far as recording because Brian's got a lot of shows. I do a lot of shows. Uh, and you know, we'll sort of have to figure out the, the right time to do this. But uh, next week, w- I'll have a question. Uh, we'll talk about the roster, but I do have a question to close this show out. If you could only bring back one guy, is it Kevon Looney or is it GP2? It's good. It, <clears throat> wow, it's Kevon Looney just because we don't know what Wiseman is. I agree. I agree. 100%. The thing is, and what Slater said is that I think he made a good point that I sometimes tend to forget, but like they got to the finals without GP2. Yep. He just helped them, you know, probably was a big reason, of course, why they won it, but they got there without him. 
Yes. I don't know. Like yes. Kevon Looney was just so impactful in some Matt, of those series. Where... For matchup reasons, they were able to get by Dallas with without GP. They would they 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 may have still beat Dallas without Looney, but uh, I think they. I'm not sure they get past Memphis if they don't have Looney. That'll be an, that would be an interesting one to think about. Uh, all right, so that's a little teaser. Next week we'll talk a little bit more about roster stuff, and I think we'll probably have a little bit more of an idea about the Warriors, what the Warriors going to do. Because for when is free agency? Like around the Fourth of July time frame, right? That's when free agency usually happens. Isn't there like a moratorium period? I I I, I just, I'm just learning what that term is, but I, I read somewhere there's like like in August. Does that even sound right at all? Like beginning of August. Um, let's see. I just looked it up. Uh, 2022 free agency is expected to be June 30th, but the NBA hasn't set the exact date yet. So there's something with opt out and opt in stuff coming up and like at the end of this month. I mean, I know we talk strictly warriors, but KD and Kyrie Irving, man, what the hell is going on over there in Brooklyn? Yeah, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely have some uh, some uh, interesting conversation around that if they do figure. I, I fully expect Kyrie to go back to Brooklyn and and they're sort of fine. But really, um, yeah, I just don't see anybody giving away assets for the guy. Like, can you depend on that guy? No, but I mean, the Sixers were so willing to do it for James Harden, another guy who I can't depend on. Yeah, but James Harden didn't say no to the vaccine right like if well, i mean you tra- I, if yeah. you trade for harden i mean if you trade for Kyrie, uh i i don't know what the states are still saying but are there i think it's only still those th- from everything i've heard it's just still like what warriors california. knicks and and nets and not even no not even full of california like he can still go to the lakers and not have it oh, okay um, from what i know still but yeah i wouldn't want Kyrie on my team but i understand if you're the sacramento kings you would want that guy in a heartbeat I don't think. See, I don't think that they would. I, I, I just don't. I, I think there are maybe a couple teams who would want Kyrie. Um, and I think if you think you are close to winning the title, and you need that little kick in the butt, and this dude says, "I'm going to play. I'm not going to take a a, a mental. I'm not going to take a me day uh, in the middle of the season." Yeah, I think you need him to promise to to do stuff in, in order to take him on. Robert uh, Robert Ramos said, "Are we still celebrating KD Day?" I celebrate KD Day every year because I love KD. <laughs> I love KD too. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll, we'll but all, all that stuff's gonna happen. Well, I'm sure if the free agency starts next Thursday. Uh, yeah, this show might might be might be kind of crazy. So we'll, we'll figure out. The- crazy man, we yeah. were betting on not that crazy of a free agency, but all these trades that aren't from guys that aren't even free agents. Like it just spices it up even more. All right, we'll end it here. Uh, really, I really enjoyed looking at the draft, even though the Warriors didn't even, you know, the the Warriors didn't have a high pick, but then they end up with three guys and uh, who and now two of those guys are supposed to be. 15 man rotation or 15 man roster. That's really interesting. All right. So uh, we'll end it here uh, for Bri. I am double G. Thanks to everybody who is watching, who watched, who, who, who listened uh, uh, on the audio version. Uh, we will see you when we see you. Peace out. <laughs>